Hi there, it's Mark Bittman, and welcome to Food. As always, you can reach out to us at food at markbittman.com. Let us know what you're thinking. We'd love to hear from you, and we will respond. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and rate us. Say how fabulous we are. We are growing. As you know, we are awesome, and we will continue to be both. Also, please consider subscribing to our many times a week, three or four newsletter, The Bitman Project, which you can find at bitmanproject.com. It is also great and will help us. You will enjoy it. Back in a sec. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include Dynamic Sky Panorama Glass Roof, Front Row Massaging Seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the Multi-Terrain Select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. 
Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water, and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bittman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. We have with us today Eduardo Garcia, who's commonly known as Lalo. Um, he's the chef owner of the acclaimed Mexico City restaurant Maximo Bistro, a true farm-to-table place thanks to Lalo's deep commitment to sourcing well and staying local. The restaurant is, like so many, acclaimed and popular and super cool, all the things that every chef wants. But the story of this restaurant can't possibly outshine the story of its thoughtful, perennially dissatisfied, in a good way, you'll see, chef. The subtitle of Lalo's biography, which was written by the journalist Laura Tillman, who's also joining us today, is The Life and Times of Lalo Garcia, and not many people deserve a subtitle like that, but Lalo does. Born in rural Mexico, Lalo spent his young adult years as an undocumented immigrant in constant fear, as so many are, of ICE. He found his calling cooking at a restaurant, but his fears were realized when ICE agents came for him there. He was arrested and deported and forbidden to re-enter the United States. That's a very brief description of Lalo's background, and it's a hard background to just sum up. Lalo's life, and he's still quite young, is really amazing. And you will hear about this from him directly, and we're really thrilled to give you that opportunity. So here he is, along with Laura and me and Kate, of course. Laura is also amazing, a great journalist, and I don't think Lalo could have found a better person to tell his story. And it's actually a little hard to know where to start because, Lalo, especially your life, despite your youth, has already been quite layered and complex and fascinating. When someone asks you, what's the story of your life, what do you say? Uh, it's super hard to answer, but basically I've had many lives, or I think I've had many lives, especially in this lifetime. My life has always been like up and down, up and down. And every time I go down, not necessarily like in a bad way, but like I get to like experience another uh, moment, another lifetime uh, in this life. So I, my life is just like many lives, you know, and like, Right now, as we speak, I'm going through another phase of that lifetime because uh, professionally, like I'm at a point in my career where now I get it. Like I know what the whole restaurant business is all about. I know that if I keep doing this, I can succeed more. But 
I already did it. Like I get it. Like I need to let go. You know, there this business, it's amazing, it's incredible, but it's like it absorbs you. It literally like drains your life, you know, because you love it so much that it becomes like your obsession. And this obsession that it's like literally like killing you little by little. <laughs> so this is the the next like the fifth life in my lifetime. It's eating you alive, so to speak, no pun intended. I do remember 20 years ago, a, a very well-known chef on the sort of brink of, or with amazing success, but had to make that same kind of decision of like, do I want to be a empire builder or do I want to cook for people? And we read in, Laura, in your book that you've had that kind of decision. You're in the middle of that kind of decision yourself. Maybe that's, you know, a sort of permanent situation for honest, great, heart-sensitive, successful chefs. It's an amazing uh, job. I mean, what it's more, what it's more beautiful to meet people, to have to, to, to eat amazing every day. You know, you have everything that you want in life in, in the restaurant, you know, because as a chef, you get to meet so many people, you get to eat so many different ingredients that you actually like bring to your restaurant. So it's amazing. But yeah, you have to come to that decision in, 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 in life because in, in, in my life, where do I keep going? Because you also, you also have to remember that we have so many families that work for us. And part of, part of the job that we do every day is to try to actually take care of those families. Especially in Mexico, where the, what, what I do in Mexico is fairly new. We've had restaurants and the food in Mexico is amazing from hundreds of years ago. But the way we do it and the way Mexico has grown in the last 10, 15 years, it's a different Mexico. And so a lot of the people that work for us have no idea how to even begin to digest this type of business because it's new to Mexico. And so we have the, we have the, uh, the challenge and we have the responsibility to actually like take them farther than they, their, uh, state of mind takes them because they, they, they don't know how to, to, uh, take this to another level. If they were to open their own, own restaurants or even work as a manager or as a chef. So we have the responsibility to teach them. So it's very hard for me to actually say, um, I'll give this another five years and then everybody's on their own. You know, I have to figure out a way to make this work where it's, it's still successful, but I'm not like 100% in it. Well, so how did you learn to take it to the next level? Because you, you've been through so much. Your story is pretty remarkable. You are talking to me or you are talking to someone else? <laughs> <laughs> You're being modest. <laughs> because I, I feel that I have not achieved that. Just yesterday I was talking to a, to a lady from, uh, from uh, Miami, she's Indian. And she's like, the hardest thing for me is like to let go. Like I can't, I'm like looking at everything that my employees do. Like this is wrong. This is right. And like, I feel that I have not achieved that success where me as a professional, I'm okay. You know, I haven't, I haven't got to that point because, because for a really long time, I thought that I was indestructible. I thought that I was like, you know, a superhuman. 
you know, where I could like go home at one in the morning and then wake up at three or four in the morning and go back to work to work again. And I thought that I could do that forever until, until I, my body started telling me, no, you can't like, you know, so I feel that I haven't achieved that, but you know what, you know, what really, really got me to this point in life. Since I was a little kid, I was told that I had to work. You know, I was told that, that I had to get up at five in the morning. I was told that I had to work until the sun uh, came down. And that's the life that I knew as a little kid. So I didn't know anything else. So now it's like in my DNA that work, work, work. So for a long time, I, I kept telling people, look, if you don't do the job, I can do it. So if you're not going to do it like I need you to do it, you can go home and I'll do it. But now like, I'm, I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, that's wrong. Because I never gave people the opportunity to actually grow or actually show me that they could actually do it. So I'm, this is where I am right now. Like I, I, I feel that I am now an adult. You sound like an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle with that too. If, if you don't do it yourself, it's not going to get done right. And being a good manager and knowing how to delegate, it's just, it's not a strong suit for me. So what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Yeah. This is where I am. Yeah. I, I fully understand that. But since you're being modest, I'm going to have to ask Laura. Laura, <laughs> you two met. Laura, you called the restaurant. You wanted to talk to people at the restaurant about what fine dining in Mexico City was like. Is that right? Yeah, I had sort of this idea about writing something about all the people working in a kitchen, kind of because of what Lalo just talked about in terms of, you know, kitchens in Mexico today, I think, are this crossroads of so much what's happening in the country there are people who are coming from really rural areas. There are people who are coming from prep schools in Mexico City who have lots of different opportunities. And it's this place where you kind of see a lot of narratives about Mexico today converge through different people's stories. And I actually had gone to eat at Maximo a few times and always thought it was an amazing restaurant. And I was I was going around talking to different chefs about this idea of kind of immersing myself in someone's kitchen. And I went out to dinner with two of my friends at Maximo. And one of my friends was this food photographer who had just moved to Mexico City. She hadn't worked there for very long yet. Her name's Lindsay. I don't know if you remember her, Lalo, Lindsay Lauchner Gunlock. Yeah. And she um, she had come and taken some photos at Maximo and so we're sitting there eating and all of a sudden the waiters start bringing out like food for us. And we keep telling them, you know, we didn't order that. You have the wrong table. And they're like, no, no, the chef, you know, he sent this to you. And at least for me, it was like the first time in my life something like that had ever really happened to me. Like I'm not a VIP. I don't get free food sent to me at restaurants. And my friend also had just moved to Mexico. She wasn't some like famous photographer. And I was just really struck by like, who is this chef who's sending us all this free food? You know, like, what's his story? It just seems so unusual to me that someone would do that for people like us who it didn't really kind of matter one way or another. 
if he did. And I feel like when I tell that story, it makes it sound like I just got into this project because I wanted a lot of free food from Lalo. But <laughs> I think it should like, be understandable. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really intriguing to me. And so I, I called them and I said, you know, can I can I interview the chef? And we sat down and Lalo just laid out this incredible odyssey that he'd been through. And then the other piece of context was this was during the 2016 um, presidential election and Donald Trump was running for president. He was starting to talk about these bad hombres and all of this fear mongering. And it just felt like there was this sense that, you know, Lala was telling this story that maybe he told before, but it had new meaning in the world. And there was sort of a power to that and an urgency to telling that story you know, having been a migrant farm worker with his family, then coming to the Atlanta area, starting to work in restaurants, starting to work for chefs like Eric Repair, and then being incarcerated, being deported, coming back to care for his father who had cancer, being deported again, and then having to start over in Mexico. And, you know, we talk about Trump, but also during the Obama presidency, there was record numbers of deportations that were happening. A lot of people were were being forced to come back to Mexico. And a lot of people were really scared about that. And I think, you know, one of the things that Lalo expressed to me at the time was wanting to show people that, you know, a good life was possible in Mexico through hard work. Long time ago. Yeah, seven years now. So the book, which again is called The Migrant Chef, follows Lalo. I mean, it took you four or five years to put it together, Laura. Five years? Yeah, it was more. I would say it was more. I mean, I started in 2016 and it was published in May, but you know, it takes a while between. And I think it's also challenging when you when you have lived a life like he has, because you ask someone a question like, What year did you come to the US? And it's a hard thing to nail information like that down because there weren't records and there were, you know. A lot of different things going on. They were moving all the time. So it was also a lot of just trying to sort of figure out, like, how do we tell the story and talking to him and his family and all different people to try to evoke the real drama and also the transformation that he goes through, which you kind of talked about as well. Yeah. And, and then when you have a, and then when you have a person like me who has multiple personalities and <laughs> is, has like 1700 different moods in a day, it's, it's, it's gotta be hard. No, <laughs> it was, I mean, to me, it definitely made it interesting. Like you asked, you asked that question in the, um, in the email of like, you talk about, his answers often would run counter to what I expected him to say to a given question. I think like like at the beginning of this interview, you asked him to just describe his bio and he talked about something com- kind of related but different, right, about like the the struggles of running a restaurant. I think that there, there are ways that like when someone gives that to you, it might not be the answer to the question that you thought you were asking, but it's so evocative and it's so interesting and it leads you down all of these other paths. So to me, it just like made it a much more layered and interesting experience. That's the other personality that's entering. So you have to kind of put <laughs> okay. them together. Yeah. It's a really good book. And um, 
You did a great job, Laura, and it's clear, you know, you talked to hundreds of people and there's just, so it's so rich and um, so evocative and, you know, most, shall we say, privileged white Americans know very little about what migrant life is like and what life is like for people who cross the border once or more or many times in their lives. So it's, I, I think you did a really great job. It's really special. Um Lala, you growing up working as a migrant farm worker, living on both sides of the border, and then and then succeeding in the restaurant business gives you a a unique perspective. I'm going to read a little from the book here about your relationship with fancy restaurants or fine dining, as Laura calls it. He couldn't seem to entirely suspend his conscience to enjoy without being reminded of the nauseating math of excess and famine. There are people who can't even get a clean glass of water. It's fucked up. How do you wrap your mind around it? You don't. If you do, you just become miserable. Lalo, I'm reading Laura's words again. Lalo had no desire to craft forms of privilege so esoteric that most people were unaware that they even existed. Can you talk about that conflict a little bit? I mean, to me, like, it's the reason that I feel like it was Lala was the person that I wanted to spend five years with because he has this perspective at least that felt very rare to me in terms of the fact that you know he's someone in this fine dining space he's someone who is in this world of elite restaurants where I think a lot of again like a lot of narratives are told about what those are and what those mean or but he's someone who also was that migrant farm worker he was that dishwasher he has a lot of, I think that his first sort of obligation or uh, loyalty is to that person, is to the purveyor who's growing his produce, is to the ethical nature of the way that we get our food and who grows it and who picks it. And so I just felt like that felt really rare to me. I didn't really feel like I'd ever heard that voice before in my years of reporting on migration and um, of someone who is, you know, inside of this world, but also kind of a critic and also kind of struggling with it, you know, of like, what does this mean? And how do you do this well? And how do you make a good life, but also be ambitious and try to build something and help other people along the way? So I guess that to me felt really compelling and, and important to hear that. I think about a lot of poverty that goes around the world and how how you can you know be in a in a country where where you have everything and you have so much access and you have so much properties or so much so much money to do so many things in life and then you have other countries or other people who have literally nothing like literally nothing not even a plate to eat. I feel that I think about that a lot and I talk about that a lot, but I also like think like that I don't do enough about it. I talk about it, but I don't do enough about it, you know, because here I am. Obviously I've lived to poverty. I've, you know, lived to struggles. I, I am a very successful person right now. I have the economics to do whatever 
I please uh, to travel wherever I, I want to, to eat whatever I want to, but I feel that I, I, I don't do enough. So it's hard for me to actually like explain it very well. But part of what I want to do in the ne my next phase in this lifetime, I want to try to achieve one of my goals, which is to help people, especially to help people that are, are vulnerable like kids. Because I, I don't feel that, that I lived a bad childhood. I actually loved my childhood working in the fields, sometimes having very little to eat, sometimes having... Uh, the family having no money, like I don't feel that I lived a bad life, but I feel that some kids around the world do have it really bad. So my next achievement is helping kids. And what I started it five years ago, kind of, I don't do as much, but I need to do more. Uh, actually today I, I leave to go to France for, for three weeks because I am, I work for Save the Children in Mexico. I am the ambassador for for, for migrant kids in uh, Mexico. So I look for funds. So I'm doing a pop-up in France for two months and we are getting funds for Save the Children in Mexico. And I do dinners all year round. For me, it's hard to talk about this topic because I, I've seen poverty. I felt poverty. I know what it feels like. And I, at least I, I never had the moment where I was starving, but I know there are, there are people around the world who are. And, uh, this is why maybe when, when you quoted uh, about the glass of water, it, it, it probably has to do with that because I do think every day about how some people have everything and some people have nothing. Yeah, I just want to add that when Lalo says that he feels like he doesn't do enough, you will not find another chef who does more fundraising and charitable events than Lalo. I mean, at least in Mexico, it's it's constant. It's really... You know, he has such a busy schedule. I can attest to that from observing the insane nature of his schedule and his work and the fact that he still does so many of these events and dinners and always is saying yes to things that he cares about. I feel like he he is doing a lot. It's so funny that you say that, Laura, because when he was talking, I was thinking that I wanted to ask you how it made you feel knowing what you know about Lalo to hear him say that he doesn't do enough <laughs> because I don't know him yeah. nearly as well as you do. And to me, when he said that, it's just, you do so much, you do so much more than at most the majority of the people in the world. Yeah. I feel like it's also one of the, the journeys of reporting the book for me. Like it's had a lot of different impacts and different aspects of my life and sense of self. And a big one is just when you really spend time with someone like Lalo, who shows you what's possible in the world, if you give it your all, it, it's really inspiring. And it's also very humbling to think about all that each of us could be doing to affect real change. I mean, you talk about the charity events that he does, but also what he's doing inside of his restaurant to really take people and push them up this class ladder in Mexico to to help them achieve, to help them get to the point where they would be able to open their own restaurants, where they'd be able to provide for their families. I mean, that's not charity, but that's a huge effort. And he takes it very seriously. But for the people who really do give it their all, I think he's he is that person who's 
not just owning a restaurant, not just giving people jobs, but teaching them how you scale that fish and teaching them how, you know, the the real craftsmanship also, that side of cooking, which I think from talking to young cooks is very rare to find someone like Lalo who's in the kitchen, who's doing those things day after day and isn't just stepping away because they have their empire now and they're sort of a chef in title only. Like he's really there and he's really a cook in the kitchen. Stay tuned for more from Lalo, Laura, Kate, and me. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, folks. A word from our friends at Made In. Did you know that most of the dishes in Tom Colicchio's craft restaurant are made in, made in pots and pans? The braised short ribs, made in, made in. The Rohan duck, made in, made in. The heritage pork chop, you got it, made in, made in. Which isn't surprising. Made in has been supplying top chefs and restaurants with high-end cookware for years. For the simple reason that made in makes exactly what demanding chefs are looking for. Their carbon steel cookware, for example, combines the best of cast iron and stainless steel, gets super hot, and is rugged enough for grills or an open flame. Best of all, Maiden is sold online, so their professional-grade cookware is far more affordable than other iron brands. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes on menus all around the world have in common. They're Maiden, Maiden. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from the 18th until the 27th. Visit MadeInCookware.com. That's MadeInCookware.com. Thanks. Hi, folks. We have a new sponsor and an interesting one. We all take about 20,000 breaths a day, and Americans spend about 90% of our time indoors. That indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. And indoor air pollutants can cause respiratory symptoms like sneezing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So, what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code BITMAN, 
B-I-T-T-M-A-N, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to our listeners, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com. That's A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code Bitman. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals, in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bitman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that. Available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Lalo, um, what are you proud of? In terms of my professional life, I am proud that I actually overcame all these stereotypes about, you know, especially in the U.S., 
I experienced a little bit of racism, but it wasn't like I didn't really take it as like uh, like it didn't hurt me. You know, I am proud of this individual who didn't become, you know, that criminal that he could have been. You know, I'm proud of this person that took life professionally and succeeded. And I am proud that I am, in a way, a figure in my in my city, in my restaurant, in my country that is helping people in a way because I try to teach people everything that I know so that they can succeed in life. I wanted to talk a little bit about food because there's all these great descriptions of things that you ate when you were a kid. Moranga, I love the description of moranga. I'm going to butcher the the accent and everything. I'm sorry. The tamales de ceniza, squash quesadillas, just all the descriptions of what you ate and all the love and the care that was put into it by your mom and your grandma. And I'm wondering what kind of influence those foods have had on the menu at the restaurant at Maximo. Well, now it has all the influence. At the moment, uh, no influence growing up because I actually am one of those uh, cooks that never actually in his lifetime thought that it was possible to become a successful human in the kitchen. So I always tell people, you know, like I, I come from extreme poverty, but but it didn't seem like we were poor, you know, because we just we the food was amazing. You know, it's like everything we ate, we grew ourselves. So that's like that now that's like one of the biggest assets in life, you know, eating extremely uh, clean. And so that's what we did. But then when you when you grow up around smells everything is a smell and everything just transports you i grew up like that as a little kid and so you know when it really all changed for me like where i was like my mom's cooking or my village cooking could really go into the the menu and people would love it but when we started uh, maximo we wanted like a little french bistro because i was so in love with French food, because that's the food that I started to cook professionally in the mm -hmm. U.S. Mm -hmm. So I was so in love with it. I was like, people here are going to love it because there's nothing like it. Uh, people in Mexico are so, uh, they, they love uh, uh, Europe. So it's a no-brainer. They're going to love it and we're going to be successful. But then I remember that tourism started to come to Mexico. And I remember one day a, a couple came and they're like, yeah, I think we're going to leave because we came to Mexico for Mexican food. And I was like, well, don't leave. I am, you, you are in Mexico. I can cook you something Mexican. <laughs> so I remember making them a tasting menu of like just, you know, Mexican stuff that had probably nothing to do with my mom's cooking, but it was Mexican. But then I was like, I mean, we're getting a lot of Americans. Uh, what can I start with? And during, uh, during uh, uh, Passover, is the Eastern, Eastern. Uh, my mom used to make this mole with uh, dry shrimps. And that was the, the first recipe that I made. Uh, obviously, I called my mom and I say, how do you make it? Like, remind me how you make this recipe. And so I made it. And then I was like, Mexican food really goes well with French food. Like, mix it. So then it just became that. And so now we're known for, for that Mexican-French influence in our food. 
And a lot of it has to do with those days when I was a little boy remembering those tasty treats that I used to be fed. That's really nice. This is like the best answer ever. And it was exactly what I wanted to hear. It's just so lovely. Thank you. Thank you. It's so ironic that the way that you ate growing up with no money is now the way that everyone wants to be able to eat. At the restaurant on Friday, you were just talking to me about how, you know, you want to make sure that every single thing that you serve is the best quality and doing that is really expensive now. You know, it's not. Yes. It's not so cheap. Yeah. No, and it's becoming more expensive because now we are going through the biggest drought in history in Mexico. (laughs) And so... Mexico is a country that depends on agriculture. That's what we do. And with no water, with all this heat that we have, it's just going to become a lot more expensive. But one of the things that I, I try to teach my cooks is that we have to adjust to what we have without devastating. And we can't tell what, uh, our farmers to keep growing more if it's not possible. So we're just going to have to do with what we what we have in order to keep doing the same things that we have been doing in the past, which is trying to, to feed people the, the right nutritional food and trying to teach people to eat the right nutritional food. We need to stick with our plan. If we have to reduce the menu, if the menu has no fish, if the menu has uh, uh, very little, then that's what the menu is going to be like. We're not going to, to uh, devastate to make uh, you know, a, a profit. Yeah. Like on Friday when I was, uh, we were shooting a little video of Lalo cooking and I was sitting waiting for him to finish talking to the wait staff, and he was talking to them about microplastics. And I just, I have had, I keep having moments like that where I'm like, I wish I could have put this in the book. Like, this is a great scene, you know, this is a great moment. But I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe there are lots of chefs out there where the daily staff meeting is about microplastics, but like, I, I don't think so. I'm not not sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, it just feels like there's, you know, it's not just a job, but it's teaching people all of these things and all this knowledge that he is, he is absorbing and he's passing that on to other people and talking to one of the the cooks in the kitchen also who said that she lost all this weight since since working there and she she said that part of it was like she stopped eating s-h-i-t like she stopped eating stuff that was bad for her you think spelling um, so, it is somehow less i don't offensive. know what you, i don't know what you do on this podcast it's not npr so i guess i, I could we, say we whatever, can do whatever, I, we want. whatever yeah. i want whatever. Yeah. um but yeah she said um what is it lalo it's chatara chatara Comida chatarra, junk yeah, food. Yeah, that's junk food. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, chatarra is like you know, you know the word for for uh, which my uh, designer loves, uh, like a, a, a junkyard in the U.S. It's called the the translation in the in the American Mexican American is yonke. <laughs> I love that. I love that. My 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 uh, designer loves it. Yonke. He keep, he says that all the time. Yonke. Yonke. It's chitarra so satisfying. Is a little more. Romantic sounding. Chitarra. 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 And isn't that a kind of pasta in Italy? (laughs) No, no, that's a a chitarra. We we are saying chatarra. 
Okay. Chata. Okay. Oh. I was going to say, it's Chata. bad overlap. <laughs> and, and you also call like a raggedy car, like an old car that's raggedy, chatarra. <laughs> Yunque? Yunque. Yeah. Yunque. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Um, but so the last question that we ask everyone is, what did you have for dinner last night? And it would be great if you both answered. I think Lalo, it's probably more interesting. than Maybe, you but you don't know. <laughs> So I have I have this this uh, one of my uh, workers that uh, he's in charge of ordering the food. He last week he says, "Chef, can I please have three days off next week?" And I was like, "Why?" He's like, "My brother's coming from Finland." I said, "You have a brother in Finland?" And he says, "Yes." I said, "If he brings me smoked salmon from Finland, you can have three days off." <laughs> And so he's like, okay, I'll tell him to bring you smoked salmon. So he brought me smoked salmon. And one of my favorite things to eat in life, it's chicken. I love chicken and especially my chicken because it took me 10 years to get it where it's so clean. So roasted chicken and a smoked salmon salad That's on the side. speaking my language. That sounds really mm-hmm. great. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure your chicken was better, but we had kind of similar dinners then because I had barbecue chicken with a salad and... Some baguette, yeah. I had there barbecue chicken last night too. <laughs> really, it's just it been so be. hot here. It kind of like seemed like the right time of year to eat it. I had short grain rice with stir fried vegetables, but that's only because we had an over the top Father's Day brunch that was like mm. actually kind of gross, but yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> it was fabulous conversation. It's going to make a great episode of the podcast we're really happy we thank you we found you and and great good luck with the book and obviously thank you with the restaurants and everything else thank you so much i am not going to read you a full recipe today but um i am going to tell you about a recipe because um lalo's cookbook called moximo is filled with some pretty good stuff one that I particularly like and look forward to doing is porcini mushrooms with thyme. And um, the trick here, of course, is getting porcinis. But it is a simple combination, but a wonderful one of porcini mushrooms combined with farmed white mushrooms and quite classic red wine, olive oil, garlic, butter, and thyme. A wonderful recipe, and you can find it on bitmanproject.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Lalo Garcia, a truly amazing person, for sharing with us and to the fantastic writer. Happy to call her a colleague, Laura Tillman, who did such a beautiful job telling Lalo's story. You can follow Lalo on Instagram at Eduardo Garcia Guzman. So that's E-D-U-A-R-D-O-G-A-R-C-I-A-G-U-Z-M-A-N. And also at the easier to remember Maximo Bistro. That's Bistro with a T, M A X I M O B I S T R O T. And you can follow Laura at Mexico Delicioso, M E X I C O D E L I O C I O S O. And really, more important, you can get The Migrant Chef, The Life and Times of Lalo Garcia by Laura Tillman wherever you like to buy books. Thank you again for being with us. Thanks to my co-host, Kate Bittman, who is also our producer and does a great job. 
Thanks to our engineer, Davis Lloyd. Thanks to all of you for listening. Please do subscribe to the podcast and we will see you next week when we will have somebody on Croyabla. Bye for now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 